1: Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Great show today. Show about motivation, show about small businesses, focusing on opportunities on how you can be successful, not only in your small business, but in everyday life. That's what Money Making Conversation is all about. The next guest is a singer, actress, comedian, and mother. Her stepping stone to fame was the TV show Martin, but you can catch her tonight on VH1's Daytime Divas. And on Sunday, stars Survivor's Remorse. Please welcome to Money-Making Conversations, Tashina Arnold. Hello, hello. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with Money-Making Conversations at
2: all. Thank you. Uh, I'll tell you
1: something. I'll tell you, first of all, I'm going to tell you something right now, Tashina. I watch your show. So we can talk about anything about these shows. You you can talk about the characters. So I'm not one of these really? guys that you <laughs> called in, and I kind of know Oh, yeah, that show really good. Uh, y'all go watch it. I know about Cassie and Chin. You know oh, wow. understand? You know, oh, wow. I know the unk is dead. I know about that. You know what I'm saying? I know Ron Rico, what he did with his daddy in the restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I know y'all from Dorchester, you know, right outside of Boston. So I know. You, I know about all You would win a this.
2: quiz on the show. If we had to do a quiz, you would
1: win. You probably know more than I do. Uh, I, <laughs> and look here, it ain't a bad thing because that's what fans are supposed to do. And I'm a fan of your work. Thank I'm a fan so of much. your work. And before, and I'm not going to leave this out because I asked. I asked them for two breaks because it's, it's a couple of things I want to talk about. First, I want to talk about the Lupus Foundation. We're going to talk about that later because that's important okay. to me. And know you have a fan. If you ever doing a gala, doing a walk, contact Rashawn McDonald. Oh, you contact with oh, Sean McDonald sure. and I will put it on my social media because that's an oh, important. thank you. Because my thank creative you. producer Tracy Logan has the same illness.
2: Oh wow! <laughs> and yes, so from that as well. Well, that's good. We appreciate it because uh, like, we're trying to get the word out. There's so many people suffering from lupus. So
1: absolutely, we absolutely. That. And well, know that. However, every way we can get the know that out. that's important to me. And I wanted to get that out. And we'll talk about it later on when we close out the show because I, that's important. And I'm always there for her. Not only as, a you know, an employer, but a friend and understand the things that she goes through to, you know, live a quality life every day. And uh, it's important. But uh, let's go back to the star power of you, young lady. You got two uh, TV shows. Two TV shows.
2: <laughs> well, God has blessed me to keep working. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, here's the deal.
1: Here's the deal. And you do keep working. Now, I like work. <laughs> people are if they are not watching Daytime Divas, which is... Uh, it's from, the, it's from Star Jones, who used to be from The View. And uh, she wrote a book called Satan's Sisters. Yes. And I know Star Jones because Star Jones went to college with me at the University of Houston. Oh, and, really? And okay. I, and, then, and then is executive to produced by Suzanne DePaz, who yes. gave me one of my first writing jobs on Sister, Sister sitcom.
3: Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So, so so, so no,
1: Tashina, <laughs> we all in this thing now. Now, your oh, character yeah. is a comedian. And basically, I'm just letting everybody know, if you've seen the talk, if you've seen the view, that's that setup. But the story is off stage. That's the story.
2: Exactly. It's what happens in the women's lives outside of the talk show. But, you know, the one thing about those group of women is that they all... Will have each other's backs, right? So, so they they mess with each other. Right. They don't want anybody else messing with you. So you know they take care of each other. But yeah, you know it's it's um it's definitely based off of um Star well, Jones' uh, book, Satan's Sisters.
1: Now the the cool thing about it is that your character went on a little journey because your character and if I'm saying anything wrong, you can correct me. Your character was was all about you in the beginning. Okay, mm-hmm. it was all yeah. about you. <laughs> you know, it was all about you. You know, trying to get that that left chair. You know that left chair and all about <laughs> what it's going to be so you about you. You got lingo now too. Absolutely. <laughs> you know I watch the show and I'm a fan because of the fact that it's it's a well written show and I love the fact that anytime I see a show with strong African American characters, oh, well, and that show you. has it. And also I like Sean's character. He's the executive yeah. producer on the show. That's a strong, diverse character emotionally for me.
2: Yes, yes. And then yeah, Vanessa the Williams. Come on, too. now. The best yep, of you got Vanessa Williams. I mean, it's a great cast of people. And we really enjoy um, doing, you know, uh, playing those roles, you know, because this is a brand-new show, um, and it was Star's vision. And I'm happy to, you know, that she her, her vision is literally playing out.
1: <laughs> right, you know, and the, and the cool thing about the show is that they have celebrities on the mm-hmm. show. It's yeah, like, you so know, like when you ran past. into uh, 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 Tamara Mowry. At the at, uh, the at the at the at the clothing store, y'all yeah. was fighting over that shirt. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. we are too. <laughs> and, and so
1: and so she told you, you ain't got no job on the real. You ain't got no job on the real now. You know, you better get your butt back on that show. <laughs> exactly. And so my whole thing is that when you get these roles, you know, because you're you're a talented singer, you know, and then and then you you're funny, you're attractive, and then you can and then you then you're dramatic, and all these things. And so so if you watch the series. You know, you you start out, and guess what? And you're a woman's woman. You know, you you know you 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 let everybody know you still got it going on. You still fine. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's I important.
2: What little bit I got left. Yeah, guess what? I and I think
1: that's important <laughs> because sexy don't die.
2: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say sexy. I you know I always chose comedy. Comedy came natural to me, and mm-hmm. I really love doing drama, but. You know, you got to get ugly for comedy. Right, that's what right. What I love about it, you mm-hmm. know, there ain't no time to be playing no cute game.
1: Right, right, <laughs> right. And that, and that's what happens in this series. And so, and so, in the last series, in the last episode I just saw was the episode where this is what I was talking about—the journey of your character. And I'm, and I'm talking about the show because I'm not trying to reveal, you know, key plot points in the show because right. I feel everybody should watch watch started tonight if mm-hmm. you have not seen the series from the beginning. You can binge watch it. Just go on demand and binge watch the show. It's well worth it. You will laugh. You will. You will, the characters are very relatable. Vanessa Williams' diva role is fantastic. It has salacious. We love,
2: we love her. I love Vanessa Williams. She's just an awesome
1: person. I love the well. word salacious plot lines. I'm talking about <laughs> these characters. They go beyond just normal behavior. But I love the <laughs> fact that in the end, when you came back and defended Kippy character. You know, yeah. you saved her character, and that's what I was saying is that your character uh, is, is more than, in, in the beginning, you know, you was about you. And if Vanessa Williams stopped you in the hallway. She said, really? You, you yes. about somebody what? other than you? Tell me about that journey, and when you take these roles, are you looking to develop your characters, or just yes. be funny and do what they tell you?
2: No, no, no. Never just be funny and do what they tell you. That is never the key to success, nor being happy at what you do. Um, I have to like I was asked to do this to to this role, you know, and play the part of Mo, which is always a pleasure because when you're asked to do something, that means they trust your opinion on right. how you, what choices you will make, and um, right. with Mo, I just it just the character screamed out at me. I just laughed and laughed, and I saw that she had a lot of heart. Right, but I kind of loved the fact. That I was, you know, the, I, I would be hated a little bit by a lot of people, <laughs> which was cool, too. But if somewhere there's a reason for it, you know, there's always um, a deeper, there's a, a deeper uh, layer to right. uh, every character. And the layers that, uh, that, that Mo has really uh, in, in, intrigued me, which was one of the reasons why I really, really wanted to play the role. Right. Um, And that's what I'm like, I mean, everything is in the writing, you know, and black women, we need to be, we're so many things, so we should be represented correctly. Right. And uh, that's always a fight, you know, it's always, you know, you gotta keep that integrity, but that's me as a mom, me as as an actress, me as a survivor of be in the show business so long you know people call me a legend but you know i'm a survivor i've been able to be in the industry over 36 years i've seen a lot of people come and go but Mm -hmm. i wake up every day loving what i do God's blessed me to to do what i love doing and i respect it so i put it in high regard so i'm gonna treat it that way
1: well um, that's the show we're talking about right now because we're going to talk about other shows survivor's remorse Which premieres this Sunday, August 20th, on Stars. We're talking about here currently is her other show that's on VH1. You can watch it tonight. It's called Daytime Divas. And one of the things that I like about the characters, they are strong female characters. They are diverse. But one of the things that you said something in your speech is the fact that you are a mother. You're a single Mm -hmm. mother, you know, and that that. So what you do on screen plays an important role to what your daughter sees. Is that correct?
2: Most definitely. I had a, you know, when my daughter was younger, I had a, a rule. You know, if she can't watch it, I don't take the role. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, now she's older. You know, she can stomach Mo a little more. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, because Mo got a couple of moments in that truck. Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> uh, but I, you know what? Even if she was young, I still would have taken the role of Mo because. Um, it's just the way they are. They're developing the character. But right. I always said, you know, I, I I have to take full responsibility for my position in life, and that is, I am a mother first. So right. I have to represent myself correctly as best as I can. Now, you know, I also have a lot of young people out there that look up to me and that are, are looking up to me, like my fellow, you know, actors that. Look to me, you know. Hey, you survived this long. What, what? How can you help us? Or how can? So I, the best way I can help anybody else is helping myself, and that's making the right choice. Try to make the right choice.
1: And you make the right choice over I and try. over again. I and
2: try. I try. I try so hard. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna tell, tell you something. You know, when I've asked you to come to the neighborhood awards or the hoodie awards, you've come there. You know, oh, and yeah. that's that's giving you time because you knew that made people or your fans feel good that you care about them. Of that you have course. time for them.
2: Where would we be without the fans? They, As long as they enjoy it, they keep us working. So, why would we not?
1: Now, you know, I, I was reading something about this. You have something that you do with your daughter on Instagram. It's called Morning School Playlist?
2: Yes, yeah, School Morning Playlist. That's what I call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started that because my daughter, she is just so talented. She really is. She has a lot of gifts. God gave her the gift of. Of dancing, <laughs> he gave her the gift of song, uh-huh. and now she wants to do some more acting. So I said, "Okay," but I—I I was a single mother, so starting out it was just like, "Oh my God, we're fighting in the mornings, trying to get dressed, rest right to school." Right. And I said, "Somebody has got to feel my pain right now." Uh-huh. So I said, "How do I turn this around? How do I make this a pleasant experience for both she and I?" Uh-huh. And. I said, you know what, baby, let's turn on some music. And I start turning on music, and she just learned all these songs. <laughs> and, and she listens to music all the time, so I say, you know what, let me start recording it and mm-hmm. sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. And it does, it, I mean, I, it just got such a great response from people. People like, oh, can you please put some more videos up? You know, we love w- watching your daughter and you in the morning. So I don't mind what people, I don't mind sharing our faults or our, or mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. Uh, personal lives. If it's just going to help somebody else and i saw that me and elijah what we were going through in the morning time Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. helping other mothers get their kids ready and then just even if you know that somebody else is going through it and you're not the (laughs) only one it it helps so i was just kind of developed from there and elijah enjoyed doing it
1: it's amazing i'm laughing because i get this i'm watching the video because it plays back on my facebook stream and I'm getting to see you guys act silly in the car. She's dancing in the back seat, and you in the front oh, seat dancing and things like that. So this is on your Instagram at Tashina Arnold Morning School Playlist, correct?
2: Yeah, school morning playlist. School morning playlist. You, well, just, yeah, I keep
1: even saying even it wrong because they put it wrong on this piece of paper. It's
2: all good. It's all, all good. good. Okay. You, listen, your man, you got good memory because you remembered a
1: lot of stuff about
2: both well, my shows. Well, I'm gonna tell you this: remember. we
1: got some <laughs> more to talk about, uh, which is in particular, you know. Survivor's Remorse. I, I I left that whole first section about daytime vivas. Because when you're a star, you don't just cram everything into one break. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the dramatic end to the third season. We're going to talk about that car crash when Unc died. Your brother. We're going to get emotional. We're going to laugh. Stay tuned. Y'all hanging there. I got the great, legendary, funny singer, single mom, Desina Arnold on the call. We'll be right back with more money-making conversation. I'm back. I got to bring her back up real quick. She's on hold. She hung in with me for one break. Now we're going to wrap up this next break because premiering this Sunday, August 20th, is the fourth season of Survivor's Remorse, starring Tashina Arnold on Stars. Tashina, how you doing?
2: I'm awesome. How are you? Now, here's
1: the great <laughs> okay. thing about it is that, is that in real life, you're a single mom. On this episode or this series, which is... a I'm going to tell you, I had Ron Rico Lee on earlier, and I'm going to just tell you, because I don't, I don't, I want to make sure you hear what I'm saying about how I love this show. Oh. This show is, from an African-American standpoint, is, is one of the best shows I've seen in my life. Okay?
2: Oh, wow. Thank
1: you. I'm, I'm, Thank I got to say you. this because it's a dramedy, and I say that because very few shows have the ability. If we want to know what a classic dramedy is, M.A.S.H., MASH is one of the all-time great classic dramedy series in television history. Well, one minute you're crying, one minute you're taking on the emotional journey, and then the next minute you're laughing, and you're finding every character relatable. And that's what the key of this show is all about. And you play a single mom on this show to M. Chuck and to Cam. And Cam is the basketball superstar who's who, they, they, this family would migrated down from Boston, Dorchester's their community, to live in Atlanta. So they are coming down. The whole Atlanta is a new experience. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just painting the story for them so they won't be lost hey, when you we start really talking about. You really good. It. I need to take you on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I love the show. I, I, I love the show. I tell you, my wife has cried twice on this show. She cried. Oh, she cried wow. when Uncle Jew died. You know oh, that car yeah. accident. Woo! I'm telling you was something. Sad moment. Oh, and then and then the hospital scene, Woo! I'm telling you. And then you know, I, I'm just letting everybody know. I'm not going to go in detail because you need to, as they say, start binge watch, watching the series this week so you can be ready for the August 20th premiere on Stars. Yes, yes. yes. Tell us yes, about yes, your character ready. Cassie, who now has a relationship with Shin.
2: Yes, and I'm I'm just going to give you a little backstory. Um, Shin is played by Robert Wu great actor he came on we had a scene together and the scene that we had together just was so he just did so well and I was like, you know what I really want to delve a little I want my character to um delve a little deeper into this relationship because for so long I have not seen on television black women adorned right and truly loved right and I said you know what I want him to you know, truly love her and show his love to, for her, and what better way than to have a billionaire love you? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. right. So, um, you know, it's and it's every woman's fantasy to be loved like that. Right. So I said, let's let's do it. And and Michael Malley, the good thing about him is that he uh, he's not executive producer, but every. Season, mm-hmm. you know, we as actors, we individually sit there and we go in the writers' room. Wow! At the beginning of each se- season, and we talk about what would we see our characters,
3: mm. we talk
2: about our storyline. So, your Survivor's Remorse is, you know, a, a lot of our input as well because you know we we you know when you play a character but for so long you know Mm -hmm. it becomes a part of you and of course you wanted to see it grow you want to see you know different you want to experience different things so that was one of my things with Cassie but this season we have (laughs) the amazing Isaiah Washington who is coming on and he just comes on and just
1: now he's Cam's father correct
2: Yes, he is Cam's father.
1: Okay, and now and that that's how this last season ended when he went to visit him in jail, correct?
2: Uh-huh. Okay, that's cool. Correct.
1: So, so I'm not going to reveal too much.
2: Yeah, you don't want to cuz there's so many different This year you're going to see so many different plots and storylines. you will still see us as a family cohesive, but right. you know, we uh yeah, we're Well, going, we the the, the key the, the thing
1: I liked about I like about the series is first of all, when I was talking to Ron Rico is the anger because it's a family you know, you got money now didn't have money, mm-hmm. kind of a little hoodish, little hoodish
2: <laughs> you Yeah, know got, got
1: to have the hood, ain't you? but you but you respect the, you respect your son, now you yes. have two children, uh, let's break down to, to, to the listener and to the viewer about your child, M. Chuck, which is short for Mary Charles, mm-hmm. and then Cam, who's the basketball superstar who was signed to play basketball at the uh, for the Atlanta Hawks.
2: Yes. Now um, they both, uh, as we, we established, that um, I was raped, gang raped uh, by um, one of them, Chuck's, well, Chuck. Well, she, you know, she went down that path of finding her father, M. Chuck, and then um, Cam's father, uh, obviously now, is Isaiah Washington. So. Um, I have two children that are obviously completely different. (laughs) Right, right. But um, who love each other and who who are basically are my life, you know, as with any other, any mother, you know, we make our children our lives. And, you know, I think Cassie does put Cam in a position because he is the moneymaker. He is, you know, but he's still her son, and I don't think she ever loses sight of that. Uh, so she's always going to give him his her honest opinion. She's never going mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, steer him wrong. Right. Now her opinion can right. vary. Right. <laughs> right. right. It can be a little different sometimes, but it's because she's been through it. You mm-hmm. know, it's because she's she's overcome a lot of different obstacles. So mm-hmm. you know, she she has the right mm-hmm. as the matriarch of the show as well to um to to, to, to let's just say come on and she has no Cassie
1: has no problem doing it now let me ask you this because whatever you do because this is the drama side of the series and when you start getting involved with death scenes and and still have to be funny and you know because one scene is written sad and the other scene you have to deliver a funny line mm-hmm. to break the ice as an actress how do you build on that how do you create that moment
2: um you go with the moment you Mm -hmm. believe the moment Mm -hmm. you know um all of us as actors on the show we all insert a little bit of ourselves i Mm -hmm. know that i do try to with every role that i take so that i will be believable Mm -hmm. but you insert a little bit of yourself and you try to identify with what's going on in the actual scene Mm -hmm. and um we have great writers You better believe it. (laughs)
1: You better believe you got great writers, girl.
2: (laughs) When you have good writers, that is always a great combination. So because of our writers and because of, you know, our executive producers and because they're such a great vision for this show, we try to play that vision out as best as possible. It makes it a little easier. And, you know, like I said, it comes, you know, a lot of it is our own input.
1: Right. So now, it makes
2: the, it a little easier. Well, There's the, some the, things the thing, that are harder to play, in you know, some, you
1: know. You uh, know, being a sitcom writer and knowing what you have to do, and that, that's why I just love. First of all, you got to have talent, and mm. when you looked at cast, such a talented, talented cast. When the show came out, the big fanfare was it was LeBron James executive produced. That's what that was the hype on that. Mm. And I'm just telling everybody who's listening or who's watching on my Facebook page and who will hear playback on my iHeartRadio podcast that this is a show that is incredibly funny, a cast that is very relatable, and the diversity on this show is amazing. And the thing I like about the show is that when I go to M. Chuck, I see an angry young lady, but a beautiful young lady. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to find herself. She's in a lesbian world. You know, she has a major voice, but she doesn't even know who she is. And the season ends with her trying to find her father. That's how the season. That's that's the season four storyline, correct? Yes, yeah,
2: so that's one of them. We got one. a lot of storylines, but yes, that's one of
1: them. Sure. And, and then and then you have and then the other storyline. I'm just setting the tone for storylines now. Cam, I'm assuming one of his storylines is going to be his relationship with his father, correct? Most definitely.
2: Yep. I okay. have two kids pursuing their, their path
1: with their father. Okay, cool. Then if if the if he's gonna pursue his relationship with his father, then once his father Isaiah Washington comes in the world, that means there's gonna be some connectivity with you, correct?
2: Yes, correct. Without me telling the storyline. Which means <laughs> okay. there's gonna
1: be a problem with the billionaire.
2: Well, well, you know what? It may, it may not. I'm I'm good. Look,
1: you ain't gonna get it out of me. I'm okay right there. <laughs> and then you got Reggie and Missy, who plays his wife on the show. Mm-hmm. And Reggie is the cousin who's also the manager, because Missy is so busy trying to make sure he has a career outside of Cam, and Cam's mm-hmm. fighting with that because guess what? The reason he's here is because of Cam. Yep.
2: Yep, so you're going to see that relationship dynamic. It's some great. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something, (laughs) Tashida Arnold. I am a fan of Survivor's Remorse. (laughs) You are, listen, you have proven yourself to be a true fan, that's for sure. I'm a fan because. This is what we want people to do. We want you to dissect it, Mm -hmm. we want you to pay attention to those little things. Mm -hmm. We want you to have an opinion. We actually do listen to people that follow us on twitter and they mm-hmm. give us their opinion on facebook mm-hmm. we pay attention to all of that right because we want to be able to service
1: everybody okay but before we, really we, before we get out of here again let me just tell everybody i want to talk about the foundation before because we hit on it a little bit in the beginning but i want to give it the time that it deserves now survivors remorse the fourth season premieres this sunday august 20th on stars now if you've never seen an episode Of survivors' remorse. I'm talking right now to Sheena Sheena Arnold. I had Ron Rico Lee on earlier. A fantastic cast. It's a dramedy, something that's not on TV right now. An amazing African American cast with a lot of diversity. That's the great thing about this show. Now you can binge watch. Just go to on demand. Go to (laughs) on demand. Just binge watch. Just just start. Just just get you some water, get you some Cheetos, and start (laughs) laughing. You know, pause on the bathroom breaks and go do your thing. Hilarious. Because you need but to be ready for we this find Sunday. That a lot of people do binge watch the you show got to binge watch it. because <laughs> it's, it's great it's not that long episodes go by like that because it's a half hour it's a half hour now with that being said i talked to Earl about the louver's foundation give me some details of why it's important and how we can you know either donate now or participate in any cause that you have in relation in relation in relation to this in the future
2: well, well I, I have my sister and I have an organization called the we Win foundation yes, my ma'am. sister has seven autoimmune diseases
3: mm-hmm.
2: the, the seventh one she was diagnosed with was lupus
3: mm-hmm. she
2: asked me to talk about it. I said you know once I open my big mouth it is no there's gonna be no stopping so <laughs> we started talking about it and um, you know we once we started once we start talking about it we found that so many people were suffering from it. Absolutely. And even if you weren't suffering from it, somebody knew somebody else Absolutely. that was suffering from it. From And it really affected, it's affecting our, our black and Latino women, the worst, and, and even men. And mm-hmm. we, uh, so what we've been doing is just talking about it and just teaching Everybody to listen to your body Don't be afraid to go to the doctor See, my sister, had lied dormant For a long time Mm -hmm. So by the time it was her seventh disease that she was diagnosed with She told the doctor, well, just give me a pill And let me keep it moving And he's Mm -hmm. like, no, it's incurable
3: Mm -hmm. So that's
2: when we was like, okay, we got to Really figured this out. Mm-hmm. So once we started talking about it, and we, we, our, our model is is, 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 the reason why we say we win, that's what my, my sister says all the time, is mm-hmm. because you can, despite your obstacles, despite your illness, mm-hmm. you can get through it. So mm-hmm. we want to take and care, take care of people and help them now. You know, we, we're looking for a cure, but just any sort of relief. If somebody pays your telephone bill, that's one less thing you right. Can, about right. you know so we're just we're, we're trying to help people the best way we know how and uh and teach awareness and 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 let's get it from the beginning that's let's, let's not wait even with prostate cancer and all this stuff, we let's pay attention to our bodies and not be afraid to go to the doctor
1: awesome it's called the uh we win org. it's the yes. we win foundation.org it was started because of a sister but it benefits everyone yes Please go to this site today, wewinfoundation.org. It's about lupus. As soon as I saw that part came to me, I immediately sent it to uh Tracy Tracy Logan and she oh. uh you know she said thank you. It's about this is what we need. We need people who who put the word out, to let them know we there is yeah, a cure. We-
2: people like you and i appreciate it because you know a lot of people when you're not going through it Mm -hmm. most of the time you don't care you like keep it moving but until it affects you that's when you're like oh wait a minute and that's what happened you know even with me and my sister i i took it you know i'm thinking okay well she'll be all right you know and 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 it really dawned on me i got a rude awakening when we were going through the airport Mm -hmm. and i'm like venae come on hurry up and she said i can't untie my shoe so wow. something as simple as tying your shoe, brushing mm-hmm. your teeth, mm-hmm. yeah, lupus affects people in so many different ways. So, you know, just be, you know, you're, I'm, a, I'm considered as a caregiver. You right. Know? And, um, you know, we, even uh, us caregivers, we got to learn how to deal with the people that have lupus and other autoimmune. Well, my lupus.
1: friend, I uh, got to head you for a half hour. <laughs> uh, we I talked know. about Daytime we talk Divas. All that. Watch it tonight <laughs> on VH1. Daytime Divas. He's daytime. Plays. She plays the character Mo Evans. Sunday, August 4th, on Stars, the fourth season of Survivor's Remorse, released the role of Cassie. She has an organization that's trying to find a cure for lupus, WeWinFoundation.org. She's a mother, you know, single parent. She's doing her thing. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, give some love, and continue to support the one and only Tashina Arnold. Thank you
2: so much. Thank you. God bless you.
1: Thank you, my friend.
4: My next guest, I'm going to
1: just tell you he's a musical genius. I'm just put it out there right now. He is a musical genius. He's an American singer, songwriter, and record producer. He's written and produced over 26 number one R&B hits throughout his career, and he has over 11 Grammy Awards. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Kenny Babyface Edmunds. Yeah. How you doing, sir?
5: Good, man.
1: How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, last yeah. time you saw me, I was running around your dressing room at the Hoodie Awards telling you how great you were, and man, you were special. And you probably thought I was crazy.
5: <laughs> I, well, I thought you, you were special.
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, here's the great thing about it, because whenever I get a chance, when I've had you on the radio show, I just love to talk about your career, Kenny, because of the fact yeah. that you're a performer, and a lot of people don't know because they hear the music, but they don't connect the dots that that you wrote that song. Uh right. is is that important to you or is as long as you get to check it's all good? <laughs>
5: um you know, it's it's imp- I think it's important, but I don't it's still not something that I run around talking about every day. But, you know, as long as ultimately I think people are starting to kind of put it together. So,
1: Absolutely, uh, because you've been on the you've been on the road. That's when I put it together. It's it's it's, it's really yeah. crazy. I I just had uh, Anthony Hamilton on the on the on the on the uh on my show. And we was yeah. talking about one of his songs, and I didn't know you wrote that song, you know. Oh, and uh, yeah. you know, because I was talking about a lyric was saying that uh, I thought it, me, me, me and God had it like that, and I said right. that was an amazing lyric that that. And he said, "Man, Babyface wrote that lyric." I go, "Ha!" Huh? <laughs> because when, because that's how because that is such a natural thing that you do with your lyrics, you know, you know, you know. How do you? What is the process? Let me just slow it down. I don't want to get excited because we got a lot to talk about. I'm glad you made time to do my show, because of the fact that you are a genius. You are a a person that R and B hits, pop hits. You know, you cross all genres as a producer. What 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 makes Kenny Babyface Evans tick?
5: Well, you know, you mentioned like like with. Um with anthony like coming up with that line right that line wouldn't it wouldn't exist without anthony right M- meaning that when i hung out with him mm-hmm. and was just talking with him it's like that's how he talks
3: yeah and
5: <laughs> so, so i just i just pick up on people and 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 say what they would say mm-hmm. and uh uh, because and that's kind of like where you get it from. You watch people and you hear, you hear music and lyrics all the time if you just watch and listen.
1: Now, here's the great thing about it. Uh, I want to say, would, would you say that the Grammy is the is the ultimate music award? Is that correct? When I say that,
5: uh, yeah, it's it's
1: it's kind of like the Oscars.
5: What, the Oscars of music. Yeah, kind of like the Oscars. No, no okay, question. It's like the Oscars for a musician.
1: Right. So, because you got twenty six of them. As a producer? No,
5: no I, I only have 11.
1: Oh, you yeah, have 11. You've got 26 number one R&B hits, 11 Grammys. Okay, I apologize. Yeah. Now, to get that means that there has to be a level of consistency and trust. And when people come to you, do they come to you with any level of expectations?
5: Um, they come, I think at this particular point, they could, I don't know if they come with thinking that they're necessarily going to get a hit, per se.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: They come to get quality. Right, um, right. Real song. Right, um, right. And so, and, and, and hoping that that ultimately turns into something. But I think, so the days of where people kind of just, are at least coming to me, they don't, they're coming, not coming to me thinking they're going to get this huge hit song. They come in search of a song.
1: With that being and, said, because uh, you, you, you were recently inducted into the uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame, right? In yes. In June. Yes. Now, now, when you was inducted into that, that that's like, the, that's, 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 that's like the, well, you was on the, in 2013, you was in, you had a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and yep. now you're into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. So are those, are those equal, or one means more to you?
5: Songwriters means more than the Hollywood star, no question.
1: And why is that?
5: Because that's what I am, I'm a songwriter. I don't necessarily consider myself a star, I consider myself a songwriter.
1: But you, but you're also a performer, and that that's yeah. key too, so, so. When you're making that well, guess what? I met you when you was a performer way back in the day. But now you then you went to become a songwriter, you know, and all that. So what what, what, what keeps that balance going? Because you're a special guy. And I, I say that and I hope I'm not embarrassing you when I say that, because of the fact that you do incredible things with music. You affect how people live their lives. Your songs come on the radio and they change they can change how I feel in a given day. That's that's amazing to have that quality, don't you think?
5: No question. I mean, that's that's how music has always affected me, and that's why I, I love being a part of it. You know, love writing it. And so it's it, it is certainly something that that you feel proud of, and and because of because of writing music and, and what I've done, it's it's put me in situations, you know, with with amazing people and people that I grew up, you know, uh, listening to and was a fan of. People that I looked up to. You know, mm-hmm. I've been able to. Be with those people and you know, hang out with you know the likes of Stevie Wonder where I can call Stevie a friend, right? And uh, and that's that's all because you know it's really because I listened to him and I and I learned how to write music. You know, I, I learned what was important.
1: You know? the, the importance of of what you're doing now when you're on tour now, that's when you now you 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 do a lot of the songs that you've written, correct? For other yeah. artists, correct? Yes. Okay. That's when. It become, it, that's when it just opened up to me how great you were. Let me just tell y'all something. Let me just, if you don't mind, give me a couple of minutes. I'm gonna, and we can interact while well, I'm telling you this. Some of the songs that you're very familiar with, fans, listeners, watchers. Don't be cruel, Bobby Brown. Every little step you take, Bobby Bobby Brown. Superwoman, Karen White. You know, my my my, by Johnny Gill. End of the road, boys to men. <laughs> Can We Talk, Tevin Campbell, I'll Make Love to You, Boys to Men Again, (laughs) Red Light Special, TLC, Sitting Up in My Room, Brandy, You're Making Me High, Tony Braxton, XL, Shoot, 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 Come on now, Song of the Year. Oh, my goodness, man. And then you... uh, but then also, you've worked with Eric Clapton and you've worked with Madonna, correct? Yes. How you know? Okay. Uh, here's the deal with my radio show, and my I'm also on iHeart uh, podcast as well. This is what it's going to play back as well. Is that what I'm just trying to say? Is that I don't want to say because you're so talented. How do you break it down to somebody trying to get in the field that you have mastered,
5: Kenny? I think ultimately, what gets you there
3: mm-hmm. are songs. Yes,
5: sir. It's like you know when you write a good song and when you write a great song and and it's a great melody and uh and and the track feels good and everything feels good about it. People find it. So in in all reality, you know your your credit card is is your songwriting. You know that's what gets you in the door.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, mm-hmm. It's not. I was writing. I've been writing songs all my life, and so, and initially, when I was writing songs, I wasn't writing the right ones. Right. I wasn't. I wasn't getting the attention because I needed. To, I needed to fix some things. I needed. It wasn't catchy enough. It wasn't. It wasn't touching people. Right. And so I kept having to go back to the you know, drawing board and start over again. And that's and to this day, that's what I do. I'll, I'll write songs, and write work on them forever till I can get them right. So, it's, it, you know. Whenever anybody's ever you know, trying to figure that out, ultimately it comes down to, are you writing a great song? Are you making something that everybody wants to listen to and everybody wants to sing along with or, or groove with for, right. whatever, for whatever it is? Right. And that's, that's the key.
1: And the, the, the key is that you're also now working on a new album,
5: correct? Yes, I am.
1: Okay. What drives this next album? What emotion or what thought? Or, does anything trigger you to say, I got to do this album because I have something I want to say?
5: Well, you know, I'm out on the road a lot and and I feel like new music is great when you can have the right kind of new music right You can't just cut music just for the sake of I' got a new album you gotta do something that you that you feel like is gonna that that people are looking for and they wanna feel and and they want have and it helps them have a good time or you know so I think being out on the road helps you figure kind of that out what your audience wants from you and um and and so that helps it to that extent you could you could easily not try to do any new music and what, and a lot of times people aren't necessarily ready to hear new music from their their favorite artists, um because yeah, you but, paid
1: a ticket based on what you heard, correct
5: exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so you know so it's it is as much a thing today of trying to write that right song that makes the difference at the ultimate Hood radio and and create create new. New space. Now, I have to be honest with you; it's a lot easier to do that on a new artist, right? That that hasn't had that shot yet, where people are more willing to listen to because they they, cause they haven't heard got anything from them. So, so hence, I still write and do things for other artists to this day, and and uh, and always will.
1: And that's called multiple streams of income, correct?
5: Yes, as long as you're doing it with every with everybody else. The whole thing is, I always said I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket
1: (laughs) that's what I'm talking about Um, hey Kenny I got to go to break can you hang on because I want to ask you a couple more questions my man I'm on the phone with the legend the music genius who has multiple streams of income we'll be back with Money Making Conversations and our guest Kenny Babyface Edmonds we gonna talk about his tour his album and I got an idea let's go to Broadway baby let's go to Broadway I'm on the phone with uh, my man his credit to American song, sing, singer, songwriter, and record producer. Call him an incredible man. Nice guy. But the hits that he created over the years, not only did he perform, that he's written, affect us every day. When you hear Don't Be Cruel, Every Little Step by Bobby Brown, Superwoman by Karen White, or him singing It's No Crime, Whip a peel. That's my song right there. I think that's what I fell in love with you, baby. Whip a peel. And then My, 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 My. I'm talking about Johnny Gill still making money off that song. End of the Road, Boys to Men. The Bodyguard Soundtrack. Come on now. For the cooling you. That's when I, that that's when you was really cool, Kenny, on that one. Can we talk? Kevin Tampa. Man, dude. Does the, do, you, do you get what some people say? Do you ever have a block? You say, man. But I think what you told me was that you listen to people and that helps you be creative. Is that is that is that the key?
5: That's the key. Uh, you just you just listen to everyone, watch everyone, and listen to everything, and that's where you get that's where you get the ideas.
1: And and that's that's like when they say you know when a good a great actor is when they listen to the other person and you react naturally, not to the line, but what that person does, and that creates creates a great scene. Now when you when you put together music, when I, when I saw you when I when I've seen you on stage three times, and I've been fortunate enough to book you one time, so I've come as the customer twice to see you. And um, the the beauty of that is that I get to see an artist who's having a good time, man. And ex- explain that experience of being on stage because I mean, you look like you're having a great time on stage, man. Talk to me about that.
5: Well, I mean, you you can't help but have a good time when 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 everybody else is having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the. Uh, I mean that that's a big big part of it is. Um, if, if you wouldn't be having a good time, if the audience looks like they ain't having a good time, then you you gonna want to get off there as soon as you can.
4: Right, right, uh, right.
5: But but I think when we go through through the songs, and you know something else happens when you hit the stage. Right, you become something <laughs> else. You <I> become <laughs> someone else. And uh, and it's and the music takes over, and 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 the the uh, the stories, the songs, the it's it's um, it, it takes you back to a time. And I, I watch it take people back to their, to, to the special times in their lives where they're in love or not in love or whether it was hurt or not hurt. Um, and all those things kind of make a difference. And, and so, you know, at that particular point, you're connecting.
1: Let me, let me ask you this. Um, the, 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 is ahead. the music though, is you know, we have that strong digital world we live in now today, social media world we live now in now today. Has that changed how you approach your music?
5: Only it changes it in the sense of, of of you're maybe a little more aware of how people talk mm-hmm. and how people say things people right. say things differently so right. you, so as you're writing not so, so much for myself but as I'm writing for someone that might be younger that might because i'm on a, people people ultimately only go for songs that they feel that they think are honest
3: mm-hmm.
5: so you can't give one song to another person that 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 it doesn't seem like their personality it just because it doesn't feel real.
1: So, and that's that, and that's important to you, correct?
5: Yeah, well, because it, it's it's important because if it's because you know if people don't feel like it's real, then they're not they're not gonna like it.
1: Let me let me ask you this question. This is me talking, okay, Kenny? Is that when I see um when I when I watched, when I went to your show, it was like watching a collection of okay, which those greatest hits. Okay, your your greatest hits and other hits that you produced and, and written over the years. Okay, I see on Broadway. I see Motown. Uh, I see Mamma Mia. Is there any talk, or have that even crossed your mind, of taking your collection of amazing songs, because they touch so many emotions, and they all tell stories to Broadway?
5: There's been a number of people that have kind of come to me here and there, and I just haven't acted on it yet because I haven't found the right vehicle or the right idea for it. Um, and uh, and that's a lot, of, a lot of time that you have to put into that to make that right, so... Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to do it, I want to, it's got
1: to be right. And that means that you have to have the time to put into it? Yeah. Cool. Because cause, cause it just seems like it's one of them obvious pitches. And I, I know what you're saying. Don't come to me with something that's obvious. What what What's the plan? What's the story? So it makes sense to me. If it makes sense to me and I got the time to do it, then guess what? I do it because guess what? I'm a creative person and I know and I understand my music history and my music legacy, but you want to put it out there right, correct?
5: Yes. Cool.
1: Now, what's coming up on these tours, man? What are we going to see you? You on the road um, a lot lately? Or this month or next yeah, month what's going on, brother?
5: Yeah, I'm I'm out uh I'm uh in Philly this Thursday, Philly and uh, I'm in Brooklyn and uh Coney Island on uh uh Friday and then uh, Columbia, Maryland on Saturday and then I think next week I got some more dates coming up, so I'm kind of like in and out. But I always like to do these like weekend warrior dates where you kind of go in and out. So because I still do work in the studio, and, and right. uh, I just finished doing a Johnny Mathis album, and um, and now working on an album album myself, and still working with a lot of new younger artists too. So, so I got to kind of kind of go in and out, hit hit and quit it.
1: Now you said, did you say Johnny Mathis? I did. I'm gonna tell you something, man. When I come to L.A., it's always funny because I, I stay at the Intercontinental Hotel when I come to L.A. Uh-huh and I would get up, every, it was always magical. Every time I would get up and go work out in the gym about 6 o'clock in the morning, Johnny Mathis was always in there working out.
5: Isn't <laughs> that yeah,
1: funny? Always in there working. He was working there with two guys. He was always with two guys in there working out. And uh, I had a great conversation with him, man. And and the fact that you tell me today you're working with him means that, guess what? He's a machine, and he has something yeah. today he has to say. So when you look at somebody like Johnny Mathis, what when you start talking about music because you say you listen to them? What, what 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 are you trying to convey as a writer to, for him?
5: Well, unfortunately, the the Johnny Mathis project is a an album that I worked with Clive Davis on, where we put together uh, songs of the past, oh, okay, great, mm-hmm. for the past twenty years. Mm-hmm. So he's doing a song he's doing he's doing like I Believe I Can Fly, right? He's doing like You Raised Me Up,
4: right?
5: And he's uh, so he's he's done a collection of songs about ten songs
3: mm-hmm.
5: where he's singing these songs and he's sounding he's, he sounds amazing amazing he's like 80, amazing eighty three years old and still kicking it and and looks great sounds great and that's that's who and where I want to be at that age too.
1: Well, you look good. You know that, though. You look good. Uh, believe me, uh, it's an amazing man when I get to see. Because of people only see you as a star. They see you as a, an, and you are, man. You are. Don't. They, they, I know you. You know you're, you're a very humble guy. That's one thing I take away every time I've had the pleasure of meeting with you or being in the room with you. Is that you're very respectful for the talent around you. You treat your staff one level. You know you don't you don't single out anybody. And that's important. Having the right people around you, like Susan, you know, who's my contact for you. She's fantastic. It's important. I just want to let people know that. And you should let. Can you let people know the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people?
5: Well, I think in, in business, you it, it's hard to be in this business and and not step on somebody's toes at some point.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: At some point, you, you're gonna you're gonna have a disagreement, and things are gonna be aren't always gonna go that way. But as long as you do it respectfully. Mm-hmm. And and you you're honest about it and straightforward mm-hmm. about it, then then people will respect you. I, I, I pride myself in being in this business as long as I've been, mm-hmm. and not really have any enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allows you to return to places. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have to be careful if you if you're kind of like, you know, kind of stepping on everybody all along the way.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Then then if, if if if, and we all go through ups and downs. You know, uh, nobody's at the top all the time. So, you know, at some point, that person that you stepped on might be the person that might help you get to the next step. So, um, so you should always be careful with that. Right,
1: my man. Um, I have a project I'm gonna bring to you, and uh, I'm running by Susan. If Susan said, "No, we are gonna be done yeah. with it," because all I, I don't I don't bypass who I talk to on a regular basis. <clears throat> but man, I want I want to thank you for taking the time. I know she's always been trying to get us together and to connect connecting on yeah. radio, but I'd love to sit down in person with you just to chop up some things, some visions I have. You tell me some of your it. visions and see if we can work together. Is that cool? I, I love that, buddy. Hey, my man, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, please, uh, he's great. If you want to get some of his tickets to see him on tour, go to Ticketna- Ticketmaster. Go to Ticketmaster.com right now. Go to Ticketmaster.com. If you've not seen him on tour, you've got to see him on tour. Amazing talent. You've heard him. A wonderful man. Please, nice round of applause for my man, Kenny, Babyface Edmunds. My next guest is best known for his roles on the sitcom Sister, Sister and the BET romantic comedy Let's Stay Together. But now he plays a critically acclaimed role and arguably one of the strongest African-American characters on television in Star Survivor's Remorse. Please welcome to Money-Making Conversations, Ron Rico Lee. Wow. Boy,
6: boy, boy. Listen, y'all know how to make a brother feel. Very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor and a pleasure.
1: First of all, Ron Rico, I can hear the humbleness in your voice, and that's what makes you special, man. I got you for two breaks because I got a lot to talk about because it's a journey that you are dealing with in your life to be a successful entrepreneur in the career in the field of entertainment. Yes, sir. And there's a show. I'm going to just tell you something. Um... Survivor's Remorse. First of all, just tell me, what does that title mean before we get into any detail? What does that title mean, Survivor's Remorse?
6: Well, it's funny because at the show's inception, obviously, this show is is, is ultimately the brainchild of LeBron James and <laughs> Maverick Carter. And as they've experienced success, and my goodness, they've experienced it to such a, a great degree, uh, they've often referred to this feeling of having remorse because mm-hmm. they've survived, survived their circumstances, mm-hmm. and they've often felt this pull to go back and to help and feel bad when they can't do everything for everybody. So that's where the show's title comes from. It really ultimately comes from them and a feeling that they've had over the years as they've uh, grown and expanded their territory. And so they've often felt this survivor's remorse.
1: Okay. I'm going to just tell you this right now. I'm talking. I'm interviewing yeah. right now Rico Lee, one of the true stars. Of the Star Series, Survivor's Remorse. Juan Rico, you can talk to me about this show. I know your series. I watched the series, so anything you want to talk about, you can bring it up to me. I know all the characters. I'm not one of those guys just bringing you on the radio, know a little bit. I watched this series. In fact, my wife cried on the on the the, the episode after. If people, I'm gonna do it. If they, they haven't seen the series, I gotta tell you this. Well, the Mike Apple episode after everybody was in yep. the hospital, my wife cried yep. on that episode. I look back at it and oh, go, man. "You got to be kidding me!" Well, you know how <laughs> I am on episodes like this. Oh wow! It's just wow. that. So you can talk to me about this series. And I want to talk to you about this series and other things that you're doing in your life, but also yeah. the fact that when you when you get a character like this, man, and I'm gonna just tell you, I'm gonna just tell you when I watch you, man. You know, it's like impressive, brother. And and and, and 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 there are layers in it, and I want you to tell me about it because some of them remind me of me when I when in my early years of managing Steve Harvey, because yeah. I was angry a lot, because I had nowhere to turn, because everybody looked at me for information, and sometimes I didn't have the information. Yeah. And and if you, and if you if you're if you're perceived to be the answer, man. And plus, you know, I, I I managed him in L.A., so I was constantly surrounded by. You know that, that that gang world you know because everybody sure. came to us and so I see you step in and out of that a lot and so so the the, the drain on that character for you emotionally tell me about it you know it, it's
6: it's tough man and and the funny thing and, and people may or may not know but you know Rashawn was you know you and I worked together when I first moved to LA and I had so much to learn and so I look back in the Late 90s to to taking on a role, to taking on a role like this, in all honesty, man, if uh, the way God works, if God has shown me the amount of responsibility, the page count, the emotional uh, depths I'd have to go to for this role, I don't know if I would have accepted it early on just because Mm -hmm. I wasn't 100% sure that it was in me. But Mm -hmm. having said that, God never gives you anything that you can't handle. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has truly been uh, beyond a blessing for me. To explore this character, to be given the free range to really explore it and go deep, they've challenged me on so many different levels, and really, uh, you know, just taught me that there was a an artist in me that I, I didn't even right. know was there. Right. And um, and and that's really what this role has been. You know, the the feedback, the you know, the, the lack of positive African American males on television and mm-hmm. movies. Uh, you know, it. it, it being able to portray this character and get the type of love that I get from the community is, is a reward that it, it's just, I can't even begin to tell you. Um, it, it just feels really great. And um, and it's just testament to, you know, uh, enduring the, the, you know, this, this business in, in peaks and valleys. And, uh, you know, there are far more valleys than there are peaks. So when you can get to a, a role like this and, and be given the free reign to, to dig in, uh, it's right. just truly a blessing, truly an honor.
1: Right, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, Ron Rico mentioned my name early in his career, and just get, just let's go a little deeper on that one. Is that okay. uh, I was young producer writer on the series Sister Sister, and uh, had the opportunity to be in the casting room and cast yep. him to be one of the love interests for one of the Trojans. So the the character name was Tariq Scott, and um, and the thing about it, and we develop a relationship off camera. Well, he would yep. talk to me and come to me, and he and one of the things that I always always tripped me out about him was he always wanted to know what to do with his money. Yep. Come, <laughs> it's a serious story. Now he come to my townhouse. We sit down. He's Rashawn. Can I come out and talk to you? Cause you know, I'm making a little money. I don't want to mess it up. And you yeah. know, and young actors don't do that, which means that he always had a plan that this was going to be his career. And he didn't want to yeah. mess it up. And he wanted to know with the money he made, what to do with it. What was that yeah. whole philosophy back then? Because I love the fact that, you know, I'm now doing, and that's been my crusade now, is telling people how to invest, how to tell people to move their careers forward. And I basically was doing this as a hobby <laughs> <laughs> yeah. way back then. I wanted to say, Rico, you were my first client. <laughs> you, and you know what? I'm proud to be your first client, man.
6: I remember that day in Park La Brea. Uh, when I met yep. you, we went and had lunch. You took me to uh, Harlem Bells for the first time, yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then we went down to Santee Alley. You took me down to your uh, one of your tailors, yep. and I uh, mean, we. But really, what I remember is sitting down in in, in your townhouse and. Uh, I remember we got you got the newspaper and we started looking at stocks. And mm-hmm. I remember at the time you were very very heavy on AOL. Mm-hmm. It always stands out, mean, mm-hmm. You taught me how to look at those stocks, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know I, it, it was just you had something, an uh, uh, aura about you that really drew me to you. And the yes, beauty sir. of you was that you made time, mm-hmm. you made time, and mm-hmm. you in, and I, I said it in a post earlier today, man. Sees that you so you you so seasoned me that I still, to this day, uh, uh, reap the benefits of things that you taught me, things that you, just in terms of how you ever, you said, man, never give L.A. your money. I was always amazed at the fact that you had a, a place in L.A., but your base was still in Houston I yes, believe. Sir. Mm-hmm. And you yes, had a sir. whole Absolutely. system. Mm-hmm. You had a you had a really nice vehicle that you drove to work, you mm-hmm. know, Monday through Friday after we take, you had a Suzuki sidekick that, I believe. That You would sorry. drive to the airport. That's and, sorry. <laughs> and, and I remember thinking like, wait a minute, you mean it's possible for me to go mm-hmm. back to where I was raised yes, sir. and still be able to have a career in LA. Mm-hmm. And my my goal from that moment on was to do whatever I had to do to make sure that when it came time to settle down, to buy a house, to get mm-hmm. married, have kids, mm-hmm. I would be able to do, you know, that in Georgia. Because what Houston was for you, Georgia, was for me. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, man, what you the time you took from me back then, again, man, I was early 20s. Absolutely. And we're talking, you know, two decades later, man, mm-hmm. I am still still drawing from that information still drawing from that knowledge man and i just have and that's just the, you know that's just on the business side there were things you imparted to me as an artist that mm-hmm. i still to this day you know i never forget man you probably don't remember this but uh-huh. you know when i started on sister 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 was the first four camera show i'd ever done absolutely it was really the first comedy i'd ever done and mm-hmm. so for a lot of actors when you're when you come into that comedy world you're still trying to get your feelings <laughs> you know, you're kind of trying to find your footing. Yes sir. And I remember you guys cast Dion Richmond opposite right right at the same time Dion and I got cast. Dion is Bud
1: from the Cosby show.
6: Yes. And mm-hmm. and came up in a in a you know under the tutelage of a comedic genius with, mm-hmm. with Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself and you noticed that what I started doing was kind of aligning my comedy with Dion's comedy. Absolutely. I'll never forget this. Mm-hmm. You may or may not remember mm-hmm. we was at craft service, you just came tapped me on the show and said, let me talk to you for a second. We went and we sat down And basically what you were saying to me was, find your own voice. Yes, sir. You know, we brought Dion in to do what Dion does. We don't need you to do what Dion Mm -mm. does. We need you to do what you do. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling... I'm not gonna lie. I remember initially feeling hurt because, as an actor, you're sensitive, your crab, yada, mm-hmm. yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. But the more I thought about it, man, it was some of the most vital information that had ever been imparted on me. Because what it urged me to do, what it pushed me to do, mm-hmm. was to create what was my funny, not somebody else's funny. And uh, man, so I, I just want you to know that not only from a business standpoint, a financial standpoint, mm-hmm. but just from a career standpoint, man, you also. Imparted knowledge and so seeds in me that to this day I still draw upon man and I've never told you thank you for that, but Thanks. I appreciate it, man, because you could have very easily allowed me to continue down that path, Couldn't. and you know I never would have developed my own voice. Mm-hmm. But you, but you took that time out, man, and that's a that's something God gave you, man, and it's it's. Listen, if you if you've been a blessing to me, I can only imagine <laughs> the, the other people, the thousands and thousands of other people that you've been a blessing to, man. So I thank you from
1: the bottom of my heart. Hey, Ron rico i appreciate you because when i've asked you to come to the neighborhood awards to uplift everyday people you've shown up and i know your schedule's busy and the thing about it man i appreciate everything that you're saying about me i appreciate the fact that you have become the man that i knew you could become and when i watch when i watched the series survivor's remorse if it premieres this sunday august 20th um from m chuck you know to Cam's character it's not about them playing on the basketball court it's their lives off the court you that's know the right. new character Chin his character and the, the diversity of the cast your wife Missy you know yeah. it's really what it is is they they they're, they're from the Boston area Dorchester yep. <laughs> Boston area yep. and they they moved down to Atlanta Georgia that's the setting and he plays for the Atlanta Hawks okay uh-huh. and the owner of the team is in their life and in fact uh look I wanted I'm just I'm just building the picture for everybody who may have not seen sure. the show because sure. the one thing I like about the show and this is this is the thing about it. it's a great show to binge watch it's a great show to binge watch if you have not it's going into season 4 and the great thing about it is that this show will make you cry and this show will make you laugh in the very next scene it will make you angry it will make you understand it'll make you understand relationships it'll make you understand the the, the the lesbian gay community, it'll yep. make you feel sympathy for everybody who has uh, an emotional plan in life that may not go right, even mm-hmm. though they even though we all want it to right go right. One of my favorite oh they telling me we got to go to commercial, okay. Uh, Rico, hold on, man, because I got because you know ooh. the Jupiter character, show <laughs> <the Sean. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Hey, folks, come on back. I got my man Rico Lee, star of the Stars series, Survivors Remorse. We'll be back with more Money Making Conversations. He just did a testimony for me in the first act. The second act, that's going to be his second break. When we come back, we're going to talk about his career, where he's going. He wants to be a director. He's the father of two sons. But well, more importantly, he is Rodrigo Lee. <laughs> cool. Hi, I'm back. This is Sean McDonald of Money Making Conversations. I have on the phone one of the stars of Survivor's Remorse. It premieres August 20th. Guest stars this upcoming season will be my man Isaiah Washington. He will be playing Cam's father, DJ Callie, Isaiah Whitlock, Vanessa Bell Callaway. These are some of the stars that will be, you know, stepping in, playing different roles on Survivor's Remorse this season. But this right now, I got one of the stars, an old friend, a person I'm so proud of, just because what he's doing on this on this TV screen right now is amazing. It's amazing. I'm telling you, when I I've, I've been I've been casting people, I've been watching people, I've been fortunate to produce hit movies, hit TV, hit TV shows and to watch a talent like Ron Rico Lee do his thing. Effortlessly. Effortlessly. It's amazing. And I'm blessed to have him on the call right now. Uh Ron Rico, you still there, my friend? Oh, oh, yes, sir. Okay, tell me about this. The the father episode, brother. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> go the father episode come on man I'm going to tell you something man that episode and I'm going to let you talk because I want you to break down the steps because that had to be one of those episodes where you had to go there emotionally and when you wrapped up you couldn't do too many retakes (laughs) because Uh, yeah, (laughs) in the basement boxing and your girl coming down the steps and you throw out that little cute little joke going up the steps nice teddy Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Tell us about that episode, man. Let everybody know why they should be watching Survivor's Remorse that premieres this Sunday, August 20th, on Stars, And that also stars my girl Tashina Arnold, who will be on the yes. show later on today.
6: Um, you know, listen, Survivor's Remorse is one of those shows that uh, it's unlike anything on television right now, in my opinion. And, um, you know, it's, uh, we've been fortunate enough to, to grow and uh, it's kind of been a slow boil when you look at the numbers man they've really man we've really 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 been blessed to have mm-hmm. the numbers just
3: mm-hmm. they
6: all i think they 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 almost you know doubled by over two hundred percent from i think second to third season, so we've yes. been continually growing. Yes people are finding out about the show mm-hmm. you know, people like you you know talking us up having us <laughs> on your show it raises awareness of the show mm-hmm. i think the episode that you're you're speaking to was the season finale last year and uh in all honesty uh they had given me some indication uh mm-hmm. early on of, of of that particular scene but it, right. it was a couple years ago and so as an actor you kind of you know you take it and you go all right well if it happens it happens if it doesn't right so when it didn't happen, I kind of got away from it and uh, and and never thought about it. And then two weeks before we shot, maybe a week before we were scheduled to shoot, mm-hmm. uh, the Bruce would put me aside and said, "Hey man, we're, we're we're putting this scene back in." I was like, mm-hmm. "Whoa!" So, uh, you know, as a, a lot of people don't know, when you get into the the, the 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 weekly grind of making a television show, you know, it's every week it's a new episode, and so it becomes difficult to prepare because you're you know you. You're shooting one episode. You got to be thinking about the next episode, but you can't afford to not think about the current episode. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot. It was it was a lot. It was it was quite the challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, the one thing I did do was I was very much right. uh, in the uh, know as to how they wanted to shoot it, and so there were a couple things that I just asked for that I felt would help me. And uh, just kind of in, in, in shooting it, and uh, we didn't we didn't do a whole lot of coverage. Uh, we just simply kind of we got in there and um, we kind of broke it down. I think right. I did it one time all the way through, and then mm-hmm. we went back and we kind of broke it down. Mm-hmm. They gave me a couple points, and I told them I said, "Look, if for some reason it's not feeling cohesive to break it down, we'll just go straight through it." Right? But, you know, it, it worked out that way. Um, I think to go there, people always ask me. I mean, listen, when that episode aired. My DMs, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, (laughs) Twitter, were just littered with people that had similar... Experiences, Uh, you know similar experience and i was really surprised by the women that were raising children Mm -hmm. that that were having similar experiences so i was getting it not only from young men older men that can Mm -hmm. relate to it i was also getting it from women that were ultimately affected by the absence of fathers in their in their son's lives and so for me growing up in a two-parent household with a father that i absolutely adore Mm -hmm. uh, it was very very difficult and so uh for the first time i think I actually work with a uh, work with an acting coach, mm-hmm. and uh, and we broke it down over the course of maybe three or three was. sessions.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, yeah, what it was, and more importantly, how I could get there and stay there, and um, and 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 be present throughout that. Because again, people see what ultimately equates to eight, nine, maybe ten minutes of on screen, but it probably boils down to about four and a half hours of actually filming. That's a long time, you know, to to have to sustain. Uh, And so you have to be aware of it. So that day, uh, you know, I just really tried to stay to myself, um, but not too much. You know, I I didn't want to just be isolated. But Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, a lot of prayer, uh, a lot of just kind of letting go and just kind of yielding to what this experience was, you know, now I am a father and a lot of what I was able to draw (laughs) upon is I'm a father. I got two boys. Right. And so what I was able to really do is kind of substitute, you know, uh, what if I wasn't my boy's father? What if my, what what if my children's father Mm -hmm. uh, was like the guy that I'm sitting across this table looking from and, 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 you know, Digging into, and so once we, you know, we had to go through a couple of things to figure out what would kind of ignite that thing in me, and it, and we found out it would be trying to imagine my children being raised by an abusive father uh, and and not being there, not being present, and uh, and as soon as we kind of hit that, uh, you know, a lot of times I think uh, when it comes down to kids. You know, we always think of women being, you know, the mothers being very uh, protective emotionally mm-hmm. and physically of their child. But actually, fathers carry that same trait, and we, we, you know, we want to protect our children. We want right. to, you know, love our children. And so, in the absence of being able to do that, or imagining my kid's life, you know, without that type of protection, and then you add on abuse and you add on all the other things that Reggie talked about in that scene, it became very easy to go there.
1: Yeah, it was two things that really stood out for me in this scene. We're talking about a scene in the series Survivor's Remorse where Reggie uh, meets his father uh, yeah. and his father, and it's not a very uh, happy meeting because his father's <laughs> trying to trying to get back in good graces without, yeah. with, hey, hey, I'll recover. I'm not trying to reveal any of this scene to anybody. just give you the nuances of what this scene is all about but there were two things in this scene in this scene that made it a brilliant scene to me one was when the waitress kept coming into the scene and you said (laughs) not right now which is a classic scene that i've had when i'm doing business in the restaurant and i went wow man that was brilliant to have this waitress come in here and you didn't break stride And went, not right now be with you in a minute not right now be with you in a minute twice she came in and the other great moment in that scene was when you was patting your dad on his back, dude, wow. dude. Because the pats they kind of kind of got a little heavy, and then you pulled <laughs> up. So, so I I like to know when that scene ended. What did he say about those pats on his back?
6: <laughs> uh, you know, Marlon Young is a great actor. I've been a fan of his work for years, mm-hmm. and uh, he's very much one of those actors. He didn't want me to to pull pull. Pull back man right. he, he needed to feel it you know right. he's one of those actors and he was certainly there for me emotionally made himself available but um, no you know it was it was weird even riding to the set you know right. he and I had very little interaction right uh, you know we kind of wanted this thing to feel like a father and son that hadn't seen each other in you know 20, 20 30, you know 20 however many years 18 20 years uh, but you know afterwards it was just um, you know it, it was it, it was just one of those things, man, where two performers get together, right. and they connect,
3: mm-hmm. and
6: uh, it just becomes about the material. But, yeah, no, the Pat, he wanted them as hard you know, as, hard <laughs> as I could. At him, that's what he wanted, and that's what I gave him.
1: Hey, brother, that scene was phenomenal. But I'm just going to hey. tell you, man, the, the, the characters that they develop on this show, the Jupiter character, who's the football yeah. player, the Deshaun yeah. character, who was his manager slash pimp slash I don't know yeah. what he was. Uh, tell us about the upcoming season, man, because I'm seeing the promos and you're getting in a fight here. It look like you're going yeah. back into the streets a little bit. Tell us about the upcoming <laughs> season here Ro rico uh well, you know listen we got uh we got ten episodes to cover a
6: lot a lot of a lot of territory, right. so I think we do just that. the show, if you look back on the first season, the show has continued to evolve thankfully mm-hmm. our audiences continue to embrace us. hopefully that will continue because that's the best way to ensure we get subsequent seasons five six hey who knows seven and eight mm-hmm. but um, but i think this season will continue You'll continue to see uh you, you see less of the family dynamic and i just say that uh, when i say that i mean you don't see as much of the family together as right. you see everybody kind of in their own worlds, dealing with their own issues mm-hmm. and just trying to kind of you find themselves uh, heal find exactly perfect, perfect, find themselves you know for Reggie uh you know the situation with his father is something that we don't dwell on that much this right. season, but what we really see with him is he's trying to continue to grow that legacy and and, and so not actually what he's really trying to do this year mm-hmm. is focus more so on the Vaughns, he and missy's legacy mm-hmm. uh and and the and the the thing that happens this season is you know what he kind of envisions uh for his future kind of bump heads with what. Uh, Cam sees. And so right. it's a very interesting dynamic, mm-hmm. uh, between the two of them. Uh, Tashina Arnold's character, uh, uh, Cassie goes on a spiritual journey. <laughs> uh, you know, Cam continues his film, uh, you know, c- continues his work through his foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still growing and, and we watched him actually take a very, uh, prominent role, uh, kind of in, in, what serves as our players union on the show. Um, M. Chuck continues to dig deep into her past and heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Missy does the uh, Missy's still on that same trajectory of really trying to make sure that when Cam's career ends, uh, career. Reggie's career doesn't end. And so uh, you know, collectively, everybody's just kind of on their own separate journey. Um, and it's uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a testament to the writers to kind of take a show right. and kind of deviate from its initial inception. I think when it was first sold, it was sold as a thirty-minute sitcom. Right. And it's become a, it's become much more. Than that, and uh, you divide it's, it's a dramedy. It, it really is. It really is. And sadly, you know, there are so few of those that there mm-hmm. aren't any categories for dramedies. Mm-hmm. I think if there were, you know, Survivor's Remorse would, would get even more critical acclaim than what it currently does. But right, right now, we're a show that I think uh, will spawn other shows in the right. future uh, uh, to say that just because you're a 30 minute comedy doesn't mean you can't really delve deep into, you know, some real emotional storylines that uh, that will make people cry. But then, on, like you said, a scene later will have you cracking up laughing.
1: <laughs> like my wife crying, you know. <laughs> but it's crying for a good reason because we, the characters yeah. are relatable. Uh, Ron Rico, yeah. man, I, um, thank you for calling in on my show. And oh, it's, about, it's about careers, man. It's about the journey. And I, I try does. to slow it down for individuals like you so we can hear your story and we can hear the, the you know, the, the, the journey. And, uh, man, Thanks. you're on a great ride right now, Ron Rico. Uh, I'm a, I'm a post on Sunday uh, a, a, a banner telling okay. everybody to watch the show August 20th. Please. That's a very Thanks. competitive Sunday, we all know. Yeah. And yes. uh, But, man, carve out some time, y'all. DVR it. You know, yeah. if you have not seen the show, go to On Demand, binge watch. This is one of the great, great shows. And I'm going to tell you something. When you start ranking, you know, black shows, african-american shows in history this is a top 10 show oh brother
6: from you that is
1: a tremendous compliment (laughs) thank you my whole show is about survivors' remorse baby if they don't know it they're gonna know about it in rashawn mcdonald's world thank you for calling (laughs) man money making conversation he's the proud father of two from rico lee
4: (laughs) my next guest is a radio
1: personality He's an actor, motivational speaker, and well-known comedian. Please welcome the Money Making Conversations, the incredibly funny Earthquake. What's up there, Money Making <laughs> Conversations, my boy? I'm telling
7: everybody right now, I can't lose these weights. And all this weight off me, you keep putting them cupcakes on there. <laughs> just sitting down here making all this good food, putting it
1: on my Instagram. I'm going to block you, boy. I'm going
7: to block you.
1: I'm drop this band. First of all, first of all, Earthquake, Many years, our relationship is many years and many journeys. Yeah. And when I look at you, tell me about because you know, you know, we started, man. You know, it just it's just a website. You know, now you got social media. How has that changed the game for you, the social media? Well, for me, I was to be honest
7: with you, I was a little late to the party. What mm. it does now is allowed me to talk to my to my audience. Mm. And you know, I came back from the time me and you together. when the social media first came, the young comedians was on it. Yes, sir. I was like, man, I'm not going to sit here and tell my jokes out for free. Yes. Man, I get paid for them. Yes. Had I known that that's what I should have did, was going to give to them for free and made it for (laughs) for a better audience. Right. Man, I would have been a lot farther than I am today, boy. So, you know, I'm still getting around to it, but it's important. And they judge everything here out here in L.A. now on your lights. Right, and your followers. Right, and what I tell them is, man, when I tell them from only for my professional is us being comedians. Don't tell me how many uh, followers you got. Tell me how many comedians can you follow? Right, Until that's on stage. Able to step, you step on that stage and go behind six or seven bad comedians mm-hmm. and still hold that audience. Right, I don't care how many followers you got. That's the follow I want to know.
1: You know, it's, it's 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 interesting because you know when you say that because in two thousand seven, that's when. I remember, you know, Steve and I sat down and we had this big old mailing list. We had a million people on our mailing list. I was trying to ignore social media. In fact, I was ignoring social media because I felt it was a lot of work. Even though I saw Twitter on all the news anchors, I saw Twitter feeds and Facebooks on all the corporate pages and everything. I was trying to ignore it. So, but what I really discovered is that, like you said earlier, in Hollywood, in the media, with advertisers, the number of likes, they deem you as being topical. They deem you as being a person, an influencer. And you said you come late to the game, but guess what? The game ain't late for you because you understand the importance because the first thing out your mouth was talking about social media.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing that you can just go out here and touch and talk to everybody and they can touch you. And you can put your point of view in which we have a unique one. I say we're the third eye. Yes. we the ones that see it. You know what I mean? We we make, we make what's prevalent it. So now you can talk to them, and we revel it, you know? And with anything, you got good or bad. But it, it's working for me now. And that's you why... Know, it's really what's yeah,
1: because I got some more on the show today, too. And, I'm, and it's the same conversation I'm going to have with her about social media. Because we know it's a beast out there. Like Kevin Hart is a beast in social media. And then you have okay. other... Yeah, he's a beast. He's learned to go. This, this is the business side of Kevin Hart. And this, the funny side of Kevin Hart. Then you have people who we don't even know that, that out there, they're young comedians. They got four or 5 million followers. And I never heard of them in my life, but they are relevant no. because they have that social media follow. That's the business side. And that's why I really started money making conversations. And guess what? I launched it on my Facebook page, which is social media. And that's important on, on the branding process. And that's really important because I remember you, you called me, Rashawn, about somebody said something negative on your Facebook page. And you wanted to get that straight. So it's an important part of your brand, correct, Earthquake? Yes, well, it's very important because, I mean,
7: you're entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So
7: when, you, when, you, when you say something about me, you need to be factual. Right. Especially if, especially if you in this business we call professional entertainment. Right. And if you got a platform, and you out here sitting here stating your opinion. Then I'm, 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 I'm gonna challenge you when you put bring my name out your mouth. Right. So, I, you know, I reached out to you on that, but right now I'm getting into it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not as hard as I, I should be, but mm-hmm. I'm not kind of got that This is what I think today. This right. is what part of me, and try to spread my brand even more. And as I try. What I'm about to do is get into more of what you're what you're great at, TV than movies. Right. I'm gonna get into it even more. Absolutely, I need that
1: support. Okay, because that's important. Because I, you know, I've seen you grow as a, as a, in auditions. Because I've been fortunate to be in a room with casting opportunities that you walked into, and every time I've seen you, you've gotten stronger and stronger as an actor. Or I'm gonna tell you something. I can't act, so so I can tell. I tell everybody up front that ain't what I do. You go where you're supposed to be. I, I remember. I, we can tell you, We can share this quick story. The way I moved and earthquake is very true. When he's talking about who can you follow on stage, because because that's how I met him. I had to follow earthquake <laughs> <laughs> in a club in Atlanta, Georgia. It was earthquake and by five comers. I'm gonna tell you something. If 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 you, you ever heard, put the fire on stage, lit the stage on fire. They don't even lit the stage on fire. They put it out, and then they relit it, and then they said, you next. <laughs> that's why I meant, that's how I meant earthquake. Because, see, because see, right there, I realized that I wasn't ready for what they were offering. And, they, and, the, and the great thing about it was they were waiting to see me. It was so much respect that they had booked me at this club. They said, man, Rashawn coming. So it, it wasn't it wasn't like they did it out of disrespect. They were just showing me their best and they go, okay, Rashawn, let's see what you got. And brother, I'm gonna tell you something. It wasn't pretty for me. Earthquake, <laughs> 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 Earthquake Eric Craig. Eric Craig was there, he know it was not pretty. I walked off that stage. Look at here. I walked out that stage. I went to me a radio shack, I got me a little recorder, and I just started working my act in my dressing room. I ain't gonna get nothing to eat. Because that's what it's all about, man. That stage that defines who you are, man. Isn't that true? Yes, it is. And what we call it is the anchor.
7: You know, <laughs> how it is. you know, it's the anchor, especially when you're dealing with our people. They don't give you, but so many times, remember like we say? They get the rock two times, and on that third rock, <laughs> that boo coming right behind. You.
1: Absolutely, they absolutely.
7: And they in that
1: chair, and they look around, and they like, man, I'm getting tired of this. Now, now you, you you had a strong foothold in radio. Do you want to get back in radio, earthquake? Yes, I
7: want. I want to get back into radio. My goal is. To, I mean, you already. I look at you, and no comparison other than this is like the Trump father did. Put the pathway down there for us to go. You and Steve have show how it is. Yes, sir. If I can imitate anything, is the same way. Sit down here. You know, WBLS was great for me, yes, but it didn't give me the opportunity to be syndicated. I didn't go all the way to New York to be in one radio. Station.
4: Right. Mm-hmm. So
7: I wanted to do like y'all did. I wanted to be Mr. Afternoon Drive. <laughs> and then, from then prepare, I mean, prepare myself with a TV show, mm-hmm. expand my brand, and do different things. And I, as I talked to my consumers in the morning, pull them to come watch me in the evening. Well, that, that's, that's what I. I that's
1: important talking. to hear, but that's important hear, because I want I want to hear that because of the fact that you know I'm always working, and you know opportunities are always coming my way, and I am an earthquake fan, and I thought and I feel the things you did on radio were not only you know profound. And I said profound. You had something to say. See, there's a lot of people just funny, but you also articulate social issues, which I thought was really important because it comes out in your comedy anyway.
7: Yes, yes. And my favorite joke right now, Trump be lying to us like we don't have Google.
1: <laughs> hey, man. Black people, black people got Google now, man. The thing about it is that when you go political, when you go social, when you go financial, the whole thing in this whole world, Earthquake, is for me to let you know that, man, is that this is a relationship phone call, but it's also called a phone call to help other people understand how why you've been successful for so long the fire is not has not went away and then there are other options out there that are growing for you that guess what you about to hear about you on the rise on a bigger level because you are constantly building your brand
7: i mean you can, I, I, listen success is determined upon your potential you know I, I i get so tired of people saying man i thought you would always be here or you'll be there Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you you expect that, but I'm still going. Every day is a journey. Mm-hmm. It ain't over until they put you down in the ground, brother.
3: Mm-hmm. You,
7: you have to strive every day and your and your work ethic is the only thing that separates you from other people that even have an inkling of your talent. You can have all the talent in the world, but if your talent ain't with your work ethic, it ain't going nowhere. And I just work, man. I work. I refresh my. I refresh. I make sure I have a new, fresh set every year
3: to mm-hmm. come
7: out there so people who, who sees me get to see uh, another show, another difference, see my growth. And I just learned from you with thieves, man, because y'all work, man. Y'all work. Y'all used to beat the roosters up.
1: Well, guess what? We we'll still beat the roosters up. And I'm going to just tell you this. The great thing about life is being out of sight, out of mind. Brother, you, you're back on my radar. You'll be hearing from me this week on a good conversation that I want to extend beyond because you are a super talent. I want to thank you for calling in, not just talking to me, but letting people in the radio game, in the social media game, understand how a talent like you will be successful, how to sustain yourself. And guess what? The game always changes and you adjust. Correct?
7: You know it. It must. And since you says, please, please have all your listeners follow
1: me on instagram at the real earthquake there you go ladies and gentlemen he's been on he's been in my life for a long time he showed me what it meant to go on stage and have your act together as a comedian he's my man the real earthquake follow him on instagram the real earthquake earthquake thank you my brother i gotta bring her up my next guest you can call her a comedian you can call her a writer, actress, executive producer, entrepreneur, television host, whatever you prefer. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the undisputed queen of comedy, Samor. Yes. And so, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Samor. the you. whole world is waiting on the eclipse. Come on now. Come on now. They're out there. <laughs> I told them at the top of the show. You can look up there, but it ain't going to last long. Need to be looking that's straight what, ahead. That's where your that's job opportunities are at. <laughs> am i am i am i missing something should i go outside i don't know what to do <laughs> no you ain't missing nothing because good i've i've, I've been old enough to experience a, a previous eclipse where they told me to put a pinhole through a piece of paper and then i can look at the sun so i know ain't nothing up there i didn't saw nothing up there now they try to make it like the, the dogs ain't gonna bark the ants <laughs> ain't gonna move you know the, the elephants gonna look at each other strange they just try to make a story up there and sell them glasses <laughs> I took I took me three vitamin D pills and I said I'm good. I don't
8: know what else gonna happen after that.
1: Some more. I'm gonna tell you something. Um, thank you for calling on Money Making conversation and really oh, what this show is about me. is that I'm not trying to put no pressure because you're naturally funny anyway. It's really to help educate people about being successful. That right. every road to success is paved differently. Yes, and, it is. You know, and 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 I've been fortunate to see your journey. And and I'm gonna say this up top is that. You have created a raw sex appeal in, oh. in in the in the in the female comedian genre that I think is very powerful. Am I wrong in saying that? Um, that's that's cool. That's cool to be
8: your perspective. I, that's cool. I can accept that. That's nice.
1: Because because <laughs> the reason I say that is that is that is that it's nothing wrong because you know cause a lot of people think that you can't be be you know you have to be a certain way you got to be you know clothes baggy or. No, a little clownish, a little goofy. Well, you know, you know,
8: for a long time, Hollywood's perception of black women being funny was fat, black, and unattractive.
1: That's what I'm talking about. Come on now,
8: come so on now. So it was for the, for a long time that was just a perception,
1: mm-hmm.
8: and um, you know, I think we're still breaking down stereotypes with that. And uh, I just, I just was here to prove that we can be funny and, and, and look all different types of ways.
1: Now, we, we, now, in making that journey, because you, you know your success is you know here's the deal. My you know my older sister gonna always take credit for discovering <laughs> you at the hip hop comedy stop. You know, <laughs> right? Because I would just tell you a quick history about Samor and I. I had a comedy club in 1992 called the Hip Hop Comedy Stop, and and we used to bring in unknown talent, and then we mm-hmm. we, we made our money on headliners that had a uh, TV credits. And my sister was coming in for a month. She coming in with this videotape. to Samora more some more sent to my club to get booked. I wasn't looking at it at all. Finally, I told her, okay, I'm going to just book her. I'm just going to book her. If you just right. leave me alone, Carolyn, I'm going to book her. I'm going to tell you something. I booked some more. She blew the headlight off stage. Yes. She <laughs> didn't even mean to do that. I, mean, I was just coming I mean, to have a good time. I mean, she was... My club was in Houston. I flew from Atlanta, Georgia. I flew from Atlanta. She hit that stage and messed everybody up. And that was the foundation... For you being a star, you know, because you just had that natural gift to be great, and you've just carried it on. So here's here's the thing
8: that people didn't know: before I became a stand-up comedian, I was a I was a business owner. I owned my own business.
3: Mm
8: -hmm. Um, I owned my own store, Mm -hmm. and then I used to be a uh, a substitute algebra teacher.
3: Mm -hmm.
8: So days when I wasn't working at my store, I would I would be in a school in the high schools teaching algebra, and so. Um, before I became a comedian, I actually read a book, and I still tell people, refer pe- people to this book today. It's called How to Be a Stand-Up Comedian. Right. Mm-hmm. I read the entire book. Mm-hmm. I did exactly what the book said to do. Mm-hmm. I picked the persona that I wanted to go on stage to have. Right. Um, even from my name. My name, my real name is Lori. Right. I couldn't go up there and talk the junk that I was talking as Lori. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. I'm like, the people ain't going to buy that. Lori is this superhero. So I picked a name, and I said, if you give somebody something good with what, what they want, they will want some more. Wow. Okay, I'm going with some more. And that's, and that's how it happened. And I did exactly what the book said to do. I wrote my material. I stuck to my persona. I worked on my delivery, and it worked. What it do- was a business. I approached it from a business perspective.
1: Because your degree is in mathematics, correct?
8: Right, my degree is in business administration, business a minor
1: in mathematics. Okay, because my degree is in mathematics, and the oh, reason, nice the reason I bring that up because it is a certain analytical behavior that you have. You know, two plus two is always four, and, exactly. And so, if you, and that means you're a planner. And that, really, I'm telling you something. This is the first time I've heard this story. As many times we've talked, as many times we share the stage, that explains to me how your pattern of success, how you've always been a forward moving person.
8: And I plan everything. I write. I write notes every night before I go to bed. My day, what I'm going to do the next day. I have to plan. I am. I am a planner. I have to. I have to. I believe in structure.
1: Right. And, I and, really do. And, and with that, with that, with that structure. So, so because you've done certain things, I think that has been really important. You know, you you headline tours, and then some tours you host. Is exactly. there is there a strategy? And the hosting versus the headlining. What's well, here's, well, here, yeah, okay. Here, here's the thing. First of
8: all, I love stand up. Stand up is it it, it? it stole my heart. Mm-hmm. Like I loved it, and I loved it from the time, the first time I ever seen Joan Rivers. I swear to you, like I was just <laughs> in awe,
3: mm-hmm. in
8: awe of mm-hmm. the of the, the whole world of stand up. Like I said, I studied it, and. For me, it's about the show, about it being a good show. It's never about just me as a performer. I want people to say, oh, that was a great show. Mm -hmm. So I always am concerned about my positioning on the show. Right. You know, one thing that people never understood with um, Deaf Comedy Jam, when they would see people had bad sets on Deaf Comedy Jam... And they never realized that sometimes it was the positioning on That's the right. show. That's right. The way people positioned you, right. or what you didn't know is that the audience stood outside for two hours to get in. It was cold. It was raining. Come so on. So they now. Had, they in a bad mood already. Right. You right. know, with stand up, there's so many elements that go into your performance being successful. It really, it really
1: is. is. It really is. It's like you know, this you know, the, 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 you, you're right on the money when you're talking about. Attitude, talking about positioning and about taking advantage of things that are presented to you. For instance, here in '92, I'm telling you this: this young lady, you know, I would had I had to be forced to be on my comedy club <laughs> stage because guess what? I didn't want to take the time to put her on stage because right. guess what? I didn't think I had time. I I ain't never heard of some more. right? Like she just told you, she just made the name up, you know. <laughs> and so she blew my stage away. And then what? Two years later, you was the right. first female host of BET's Comic View. Exactly. Wow. Which was strategic in what I wanted to do. Like,
8: I really made a lot, a lot of strategic moves. Even down to, you know, like, I, I still, 25 years in the business, I go on stage with a list, a comedy list. Mm-hmm. And people always say, well, why you just don't go up in freestyle? I can, but I care about the quality of the show.
3: <laughs> right, right, right. I
8: care right. about the quality of the show. Like, I know the theme of this presentation that I am going to give you all. Some kind of way all of these jokes will mesh with the overall theme of the show. Like, I'm that deep with it when it comes to doing stand-up.
1: But but that's what a lot of people miss, is that they don't take the business side of life. And my whole, my whole thing I tell people when they listen to the show or watch the show on Facebook is that, your story can be applied in so many different layers of life. You just happen yes. to tell jokes because you're talking about, you know, planning your success. You're talking about, hey, getting up, you know, applying a, a plan of action and being consistent with your goal setting. And that's exactly. what this is all about. I have
8: always been that way. I mean, just from even, you know, when you go into the grocery store with your mother, your mother, before y'all leave, she say, look here, <laughs> we going in here with this list. I'm not buying you this. I'm not buying you that. You get two things. You know, you had, a, you had a structure. So when you get in there, we already know the game plan. Like, I am just a planning person. I have to have structure to know what it actually what, it, what, it, what it is I'm going into. And if it doesn't work for me, if it doesn't, if it won't, if, I, I don't like to be put in situations where I don't, I'm not at my best light.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
8: And I tell people, if anything you do, you have to approach it as a business, And you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses, and always be in your best light.
1: And that's really important. So, so when I ask you this question about because I'm starting to see you more and more, you know, on social media, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. talking with the Facebook live feeds. So, so why, why, why why are you doing that? Just, just strategic questions because I just want to educate people about. I don't.
8: I I, first of all, I'm so afraid of social media. (laughs) It's, It's so scary to me. It's so scary to me, and here's why it's scary to me: okay. because you're you're open up and you're you're being vulnerable to people who, first of all, may not know your whole story. Right? They don't. They don't care about your whole story. Right? And they can be evil and they can be mean. Mm-hmm. You know. So you when you when you when you dabble and dabble in that particular arena, you gotta you gotta you know you gotta be careful because. You could come on there and they'd be like, your nose big. Now you right, mess right, my whole right, day right, up.
1: Right, 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 right. Because <laughs> now is that the reason you wear shades? No, no, that ain't the reason. <laughs> I love sunglasses. I'm telling you, I, I want to know because you know, yeah. Every time I, I see you, you
8: have those shades on. You be looking. I, I wear sunglasses. Let me tell you, my outfit is not complete. <laughs> <laughs> I start with the sunglasses, oh, sunglasses okay. and shoes. Okay. Oh no, okay, no, no. But I'm just saying, like people will say anything, like, uh-huh. like. You like I'm just not I'm just not cut from that cloth where I'm right. used to having to, you know,
1: deal with people uh, randomly, people's
8: opinion yes. all the time. Yes, yes.
1: So yes. yeah, and I can understand, I can relate to that because that's a big part of social media: having to deal with opinions, having to deal with people making comments about you. But they tell right. you that that's the that's the forward motion because if you don't participate, then you're not considered topical. You're not considered the influencer. So if it forces you in that lane that. That guess what the determines whether or not you're successful in certain opportunities that they come your way. So with well, that being said
3: here's
8: here's the thing also, like I don't worry about being relevant.
1: Okay.
3: okay. Because
8: most people that are relevant have a sex tape out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true, I mean, just, true, true. Yeah, in true. order to be relevant, you mm-hmm. just got to do so many things to be relevant. Mm-hmm. But what I work on and I do challenge people to do right. is to be loyal to my brand or right. to be if you if you're interested in equality stand up, mm-hmm. then this is where you can it's come brilliant. to get it. But what what happened what we're hap- what's happening now is that I think the art of stand up is being convoluted with so many different different styles and different mm-hmm. You know, we're dealing with silly a lot,
1: too. Absolutely. And to, get get to get followers, to get engagement. Right. You know,
8: so it's, it's one thing for somebody to be silly sitting in a car mm-hmm. or silly for two minute two seconds. you seeing them on Facebook. Right. Then to, to be honest doing
1: stand-up on stage. Thank you some more for calling in. I got to get you back on the air because, wow. That was one of the most profound conversations I've ever had. Listening makes us smarter, more
0: connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible Originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than a hundred audio guided fitness and meditation programs.